And we welcome you to the Thursday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. That is from Carrie the Musical, book by Lawrence D. Cohen, lyrics by Dean Pritchard, musical score by Michael Gore. And Carrie the Musical is about to open at Carthage College to open their newest season of musical theater productions. And uh, this opening weekend coincides with homecoming at Carthage. So it is a big, big weekend and a big weekend for my three morning show guests today. First of all, a faculty colleague of mine, Matthew Hoagland, who coordinates undergraduate musical theater studies at Carthage and is the musical director for this production of Carrie the Musical. And two of the hardworking members of the cast are with us as well. And uh, Dominic Luswick, uh, and uh, Ellie Nybert, uh, both musical theater majors at Carthage, are here as well in the midst of what I'm sure is a really hectic uh, final few days of rehearsals. Uh, and uh, Matthew Hoagland, when does Carrie open? Carrie opens uh, tomorrow. Oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so, and we run for two weekends. So we're Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday next weekend. Great. Well, we welcome all three of you to the morning show. Thanks for making time for this. I'm sure sleeping in this morning would have been really, really tempting, but I'm glad you can join us to uh, to talk about this this show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, uh, Matthew Hoagland, let's first begin by uh, maybe hearing a little about the choice of this. Uh, to do this, and uh, and I know that uh, Martin McClendon from the theater faculty is the stage yep. director. Uh, did the two of you collaborate in the choice, or is this a choice you made, or he made, or somebody made? Yeah, so actually Martin and I are co-directors on this project mm. this year, and we've also got a student assistant director, Emily Hoffman, on this as well. So it is a full village to do this. Um, uh, actually, Martin and I came from it uh, actually in two different ways. We visited the Illinois High School Theater Festival to do a recruiting event, and we uh, found out that a high school was doing a production of that there, and it had always been sort of in the back of my mind. Ellie is also my private voice student at Carthage, and she had brought it up, and a couple other uh, students had brought it up, and then also, Ellie, if you want to share how you share um, uh, options for shows with us as faculty members... Um, so we get this form that we can fill out, and I filled out like eight shows, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so we go and we think about what shows we're looking at and like what shows we think would fit our program, and then we um, we kind of write out the character descriptions, the synopsis, why we think it'd be good for our school, like what we think we could gain from it, and then they go into a very long list that gets debated. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to look at it and, like, you know, I have an idea of who who's here on campus right now and who maybe is potentially coming in um, and look at what is best going to serve our students, what is best going to serve our population, and what's going to be fun. 
like at the end of the day like we all do musical theater because we love it and it's something fun to do so I want it to be fun especially if I'm going to live with this project for six months like I need to really like it um so we talked about it in the car on the drive home and we were both like okay yeah let's let's put up that we'll do Carrie in the fall it'll be great it'll be you know spooky season it'll be perfect um and then you just sort of pray that you got the right people who show themselves um as like who should be cast and by God, all the right people showed up. So Right. So, Ellie, this is a show you have known about and really liked for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, what was your initial exposure to it? I mean, how did you become so well acquainted with and fond of Carrie the Musical? I'm not sure. Um, I really like horror movies and scary things. So I've been in, like, the horror musical, like, fandom, I guess, uh, since, like, 7th or 8th grade. Um and I remember watching a bootleg, unfortunately, of um, the 2012 revival of Carrie, and I loved it. And then I added it to all my musical playlists, and I was obsessed with it for, like, three or four years. And then it kind of went away, and then I was like, wait, I love this musical. Mm. And so I put it up for the requests. Right. Now, uh, Dominic Ludwig, uh, did you come into this production with any – prior acquaintance with the musical or are you a bit of a neophyte when it comes yeah, to this no not at all i uh i didn't even see the movie i really knew nothing about it um and then i really just i i take uh every audition um i can i try to audition for everything and um you know i heard from my mom about it and my aunt loved the movie and uh so you know she was telling me about it and everything and um i saw a bootleg on youtube before i auditioned i always try and uh do my research for a show that I auditioned for. And um it was it was an interesting spin that they took on the on the the original movie because there's no music in the movie. Um and yeah, I was just very interested. But no, at first I had nothing I had, I had no background on it. So wow. yeah. We're talking today on the morning show about Carthage College's production of Carrie the Musical. And so Matthew Hoagland, I assume you uh, being the person you are, knew a fair amount about Carrie the Musical. Have you ever seen it before? I mean, actually no. seen it on stage? So No, I'd never seen it. And to be honest, I actually don't like scary movies. I don't like scary things. It's not my vibe. And uh, so I like made myself sit down and watch the movie um, and like look at it from a very like academic perspective of like, okay, what is this movie? What are the characters doing? And then I also, too, watched um, several bootlegs of uh, Carrie the Musical. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that to me was sort of how it came to me, uh, and I just I don't know I just fell in love with it. Hmm. it. If you look at the history of the musical and how it got to Broadway, um, and how it really it's one of the I think it had six performances on Broadway actually five five thank you um, when it first <laughs> opened. So if you look at the trajectory of that, just as a nerd of musical theater history myself, that is fascinating. That a show, especially that had that much financial backing from. Um, Royal Shakespeare, for them to come over and literally only have five performances. And then pull the plug, essentially. And literally pull the plug. Um, And just the sort of the history of the whole show, also the history of, like, horror musicals. There aren't Mm -hmm. very many. Um, You know, like, it's This American Psycho and... Like Sweeney. Sweeney, yeah. And you could throw Rocky Horror in there, and you've got your, like, conglomerate that you can (laughs) use. Um, So, to me, it's just... 
I don't know, it's just so fun and such a campy niche musical that you either have people who love it or who, uh, as a fellow colleague of mine, is like, I appreciate you, but I will not be coming to see the show because I don't want to be scared. And I'm like, well, you will be scared. So uh, There you go. There you go. Actually, there's, there's, there's the very real possibility that somebody is listening to this interview right now who has never seen the movie, never Absolutely. read Stephen King's novel, who doesn't know the first thing about just mm. kind of the essential story. So maybe we should get that summarized right now. Oh, what is that. the basic story of, Cor- of Carrie? Um, well, I'll start and then I'm going to pass it off to y'all. Um, but uh, to me, I think what is fascinating about the musical is it takes the book and turns actually the book into the musical as opposed to the film into the musical. So it's more, it's as far as like you've got a character, there's interrogation, there's flashbacks essentially. And so the musical actually relates way more to the novel than it does to the movie. Um, and I'm talking about the 76 movie. There was also the 2013 yes. um, uh, remake of the movie, which is a whole nother idea <laughs> of Carrie um, with, you know, more money and CGI. But uh uh, to me, the the base storyline actually comes from the novel, which I think is really great. So it essentially follows the story of Carrie, um, who is uh, a young girl with a uh, who grew up in a really religious household um, with a mom who's very controlling. Um, and uh, she goes to school, she gets bullied, and all these wonderful things ensue. Yeah, um, I think one of the more like specific things about Carrie rather than any other like coming of age is that she does have telekinesis and mind powers um, and she discovers this when she gets her first period and she gets that and she doesn't know what it is she's very bullied in school um, and her figuring out what like adulthood is um, especially with her familial background and with her mind powers Mm -hmm. she kind of comes back into the school as a new person yeah i would say uh one of the things about the show that i that i that is a big part of the show is how it is really connected to real life high school like as much Mm -hmm. as it's a musical and you know it's a story that's it's written it's you know the bullying and the different backgrounds of everybody and you know there's the uh, the high schooler um, Billy, who's been in school for seven years, and you know, and then there's the Tommy and Sue, who's the couple who they're going to Brown and they're going to live a whole life together. Like it's 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 just like real life and is very connect connectable. Um, for, yeah, yeah. It, the, the 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 world of high school is drawn in really authentic fashion for all the ways mm-hmm. in which there's mm-hmm. a plenty of kind of exaggeration, bigger than life yeah. elements to this story. There's something very real and authentic at the heart yeah. of it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, uh, Dominic, we haven't really spelled out who your character yeah. is and the connection you end up having with the title character. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Tommy is Sue's girlfriend. Uh, Sue is um, the lone survivor of the of the show, and Sue gets interrogated throughout the show. Um, and so through these flashbacks, you see uh, really Sue's experience through it all, but you see uh, the events unfold and... Tommy ends up asking Carrie to the prom as uh, the audience thinks that Tommy and Sue are going together, of course. Um, Sue feels very bad for bullying um, Carrie and everything that every, everybody's done to Carrie. And so her way of feeling better about herself, really, and not 
you know, not feeling bad about bullying Carrie is getting her boyfriend to ask Carrie to prom. <laughs> so, um, although Tommy's not really into it at first, he goes with Carrie and shows her a very good time, I think. so. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think the thing I like most about that story is what you actually see is you get to see Carrie sort of transform into her own, like, woman mm-hmm. um, outside of her mom and outside of the pressures that her mom and her household and, frankly, her religion put on her. And I I love seeing that part of it in the book, in both movies, and also in how Ellie portrays Carrie. I love watching that trajectory of character in this. Um, and just I think we all can... Uh, I like Carrie for many reasons, and at the heart of it, it is a horror story. Like, you know, people die, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) in very violent ways. But um, at the heart of it, though, is truly like uh, it's a a message about owning yourself and owning whatever powers you may have and uh, that whatever, whatever you do comes back tenfold to you. Um, so if you if you bully, it's going to come back to you in some way, shape, or form. And so sort of love the way we've told this story and put in those pieces um, in the many layers of acting that these wonderful humans are doing. Yeah. And the the, uh, the story of Carrie and her mother is, it's a really important one, too. And we should, you know, really clarify that her mother is not just a religious person in maybe more standard sense of the word. She is a religious fanatic. Yes. I mean, and treats Carrie in, <laughs> in ways that... In a very that, extreme way. Right, yes. and in ways that border on on, uh, on 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 abusive. In fact, more than border. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most, yeah. most civilized people would say that, yeah, yeah the, the, the way she she treats or mistreats Carrie is is one of the horrors of the, of yeah. the story, mm-hmm. actually, uh, as, as a matter of fact. And Carrie being, in some respects, liberated from that mm-hmm. is, 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 is an amazing aspect. We should visit the history of this show. We've already touched on the fact that it was uh, you know, one of the infamous Broadway flops of all time, mm-hmm. a very, very expensive disaster. But one of the things that intrigued me as I read about the early part of the show is uh, the big names that were associated with it. Oh my God! I mean, so so. I mean, once in a while, something kind of comes off from the fringes. That's this crazy idea, and it's a bunch of nobodies. But they take a chance, and there you have it. But you know, we have big names that that want to be part of this right from the start, which mm-hmm. says something about. I mean, for as maybe unlikely it is, also what a promising project mm-hmm. this was. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have Barbara Cook, Barbara Cook! in your first <laughs> cast, I mean, that that says something about, uh, I mean, the, the hopes that there were attached to right. this project. Well, also, I love, too, from the movie, because you have... Um, uh, oh my gosh, Betty Buckley, who plays uh, Gardner, the teacher in the movie. So like, there's Broadway trajectory just right there. Then you have Barbara Cook, who did the um, Broadway transfer, um, and then uh, nearly got her head chopped off in one of the productions because in the in the Broadway production, this whole massive staircase unit came down from the ceiling um, and nearly killed her mm. after she had already died in the show. Spoiler, sorry. And uh, but then you go to then the 2013 revival and you've got Marin Maisie who is in it as well. So you've got all these like Broadway diva legends. Right. Plus that 2013 revival had Derek Klenna and Christy 
Altamar. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, and somewhere in the mix, when they were in the midst of revising the program, I saw the name Sutton Foster as someone. She was oh, yeah. part of the initial she, read-through of that revised was, version. So. Yeah, and she was coming in to do Sue, I think. Wow. Yeah, well, she wasn't even coming in to do Carrie. So you yeah. had all these, you know, which, like, to me, you, I hear that, and I immediately, and this is what I, I feel like I preach to our children, is, like, you will cut your teeth in the workshop market and in getting into new musicals and new plays. Again, such a great reason why we're in this area because that that stuff happens in Chicago all the time and you will cut your teeth in those and then that will lead to seven other things as someone who like that happened to me as well so like I just see that trajectory and love that happened in this show too right so what you're doing of course is the revised version of 2013 not the 1988 original have you ever watched the 1988 original I mean yes it's crazy right I mean so can you understand that failure, that initial oh, yeah. failure? I mean, yes. to some oh, extent. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so that was a justified failure, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think um, <laughs> in your realistic story of high school life, when you do a giant human pyramid in silver jumpsuits, yeah. I, th- I think that lends to the camp and the flop of it. And that was it, a very of the time. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, like right. everyone was in... Like aerobics. windbreaker, yeah. Yeah. you know, tracksuits, and like there was a full on aerobics number. Mm-hmm. Like the mm. gym teacher, there was a full number that they ended up cutting, but like there was human period. <laughs> which is, yeah. You're like, I don't, I think everyone was maybe on something mm. that they shouldn't be on <laughs> when they did that or built it. What'd you yeah, think? Yeah, and like, I feel like, you know, there's certain musicals that like the audience just isn't ready for, and I feel like this was mm. one of them. And um, it also makes me think of a show called Merrily We Roll Along. Where um, the show uh, happens backwards, essentially. Um, it starts at the end and then goes to the beginning. And that had a very short run, too. And the biggest reason is people just didn't understand it. They weren't ready for a new musical like that. So um, it really, you know, I think that's a big thing. Like, who is your audience and what do they need at the time? And I just don't think that they needed to carry. Right. So the timing was wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, And then this show is... From the sounds of it, rather extensively revised in 2013. Oh, I mean, yeah. it sounds mm-hmm. like, uh, and 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 you would say for very very much for the better. Oh my God, so much for the better. I will say though, you you will hear certain things, and you go, that is absolutely a song from the 80s that they didn't mm-hmm. cut. Like yep. for like the the mom stuff specifically is written so uh, 1980s like were verging on opera and it it really mm-hmm. didn't change. So it's really it's really interesting to me how just from like a, a musical brain perspective, um, I'm not saying this score is Sondheim at all. It's not that close, but it is cool to sort of hear how they wove themes and how they did different styles of composition for different characters. Uh, you can tell they thought about it and knew about it and then at some point in the process I think had to abandon just because of time and mm. probably resources. Um, but you can hear it's in there uh, and you'll pick up on some things, which I think is cool how, um, for example, like Tommy has a theme, Carrie has a theme, the mom has a theme that comes back in the music, um, maybe not as extensively as a Sondheim would do that or even Lin-Manuel for, uh, for that matter, but it's in there mm. for sure. Right. The, uh, one of the reasons probably this was such a struggle was the fact that we're we're not talking about a team that had experience with musicals, right? I mean, right. I know composer Michael Gore wrote the title song to fame and uh, mm-hmm. I think the score to Terms of Endearment and whatever, but he'd never written a Broadway musical before, and I don't know that 
that his uh, his partner Leonard Cohen had either. So no, first venture, uh, right? <laughs> and what a thing to pick. exactly what a thing to start on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe begin with something a little more standard, so it's, <laughs> yes. it's understandable. Well, and and I don't remember, but have they ventured into any other musicals? Not I that I can think, think so. of. I. It's so funny if you read the the libretto that you you know when you get the rights to you carry and you read the libretto. There are like three pages of director notes mm-hmm. from the two of them, and they essentially talk about. All the things in the show, you know, the magic, the blood, all the things, but they talk about how they knew there was something in this and they just couldn't let it go, which is why they kept revisiting it. <laughs> mm. And there's a documentary out uh, by a YouTuber. I don't remember their name. Uh, Waiting in the Wings. Waiting there in the Wings, go. yeah. Um, which is, uh, and they dive deeper into that um, also and talk about how the directors really couldn't let the project go. And they actually have clips of them being interviewed about it. And uh, especially Michael, he just couldn't let it go. I was like, we have we have to keep going. There's something here. Because it had a bit of a cult following, as most of these sort of small but mighty shows do. And so they just couldn't let it go, finally found backers, and then did, mm. and did the pared-down 2013 version, um, which only has 14 actors in it. So it's actually quite small. You can make it bigger. We chose to keep it small. Um, But that version that then uh, was off-Broadway for then six, eight months, um, then is the version now that we do. Hmm. For those of you just joining us, we are talking about Carrie the Musical. And yes, Carrie the Musical is based on that Carrie, the Stephen King novel, and of course the memorable film uh, starring Sissy Spacek, and it is essentially the same story. In fact, I was kind of surprised reading the synopsis how true the musical is. They really have not deviated very much at all from the essential heart of this horror story. And Carrie the Musical is going to be opening tomorrow night at Carthage College and running uh, for the next two weekends. So let's talk about, uh, for each of you, the characters that you are portraying and um, what a challenge it is to uh, to bring them to life. And, of course, uh, Ellie Nybert, I mean, uh, it's one thing to hope that Carthage does Carrie, the musical, <laughs> yeah. but it's another thing for you to be Carrie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as as you were thinking about it, was this something you envisioned and hoped for? Not at all. I did not think this was in my sights at all. Um I just wanted to be a part of it in any way, so it was really exciting mm. when I got it. Um, it was really not in <laughs> what I thought my like casting type was or anything like that, so it was a surprise for sure. Wow. So you obviously came to this knowing the, the, the show intimately, even ahead of being cast as Carrie. Mm-hmm. I assume you had watched it. Yeah. You'd seen Sissy Spacek's performance and so mm-hmm. on. So what do you do with those previous prior performances of this role i mean do you think about them at all or you try to expunge them in order to do what you need to do as ellie nybert i think there's a lot of merit to watching and absorbing what people are doing with it um because i think it's so important to see how other people interpret the material as well as like understanding how your interpretation of a character melds with the interpretation of the whole show. So I think it's important to like look at performances and look at productions uh, to see what it, I guess, reads as or what the audience gets from how they do each specific thing. But it's certainly been a challenge from knowing the musical so well to not copy things or not to like 
get fully influenced by it. Um, I kind of took a step back over the summer and I read the book because the book mm. is different and it is uh, framed very similarly to how the musical is framed. But I think looking at the source material without seeing an actor do it helped me to kind of reframe it. Mm. And I think coming into it uh, not expecting anything like being Carrie helped me to, I guess, start fresh and like have my own interpretation Mm. and draw from my own background and stuff Mm. like that. It must be an amazing experience to portray a character who undergoes the kind of Mm-hmm. transformation that Carrie does on top of portraying a character who is so out of step with basically the rest of humankind. I mean, such right. a such a unique person. I mean, we're all unique, but somehow Carrie is unique on a whole different level. What yeah. kind of a challenge has that posed for you? It's honestly kind of a dream to play a character whose arc is so large in a show like this. Um and coming from a mostly like ensemble background, I have had to make my own background stories a lot of the time. And so it's really, really cool to have it written out. But then that also leaves like a lot of limitations, it feels like. And so working through um, my own story and putting that into her story and putting that into the limitations of the show was really difficult. But I think working with the other actors and they're all so committed and wonderful and talented. It has helped so much to like build who my carry is and well our carry because it's mm. very much a team effort. Mm. I feel like um we've all grown so much and we've all learned how to act with each other and to build a team for mm. this one. I have to ask you uh what it's like to endure and experience those scenes in which the character of Carrie is just horrifically bullied. Um, I'm I'm thinking, for instance, of of certain instances in which, uh, like, really horrible racism is being conveyed in a a stage production and how sometimes the cast will need to have a big group hug after it, after, you know, horrible... You know the N word or whatever has just been hurled at somebody, and 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 then to step away from that and be friends again. Uh, right. I'm just curious these scenes where your character is treated so brutally. Uh, yeah. I I wonder what it's like for your castmates. You can't really speak for them, but and but and what it's like for you to have that directed at you. It's a very important part of this right. story. It is very important. So it's been difficult. It is difficult to endure it Um, going through like we had 10 hour rehearsals where I was just yelled insults at and just treated awfully. Uh, The words that they say to Carrie are so horrific in the way that they say them. And my castmates do such a wonderful job of um, separating Mm. offstage, which I am so grateful for. In the beginning, it was difficult to not, like, I guess method act is the <laughs> word you would use, but I don't, I don't know if that really applies. But it's difficult to isolate someone on stage and then to not isolate them off stage. Um, and that's something I feel like I really struggled with in the first majority of this process. Um, 
But I think I think um, it all depends on how you can separate yourself from the role. Uh, I take a lot of uh, my background of being bullied and having issues like that into the character, but I work really hard to not make it me mm. on the stage. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really difficult. Um, but it's been a really big like learning experience to fully like detaching on stage and not detaching in a way like I'm not present, but just that it's not me and it is someone else. And having that, like, dual consciousness of Carrie and then there's me as the actor knowing, like, I have to hit these marks on the stage. Right. But, yeah. And, too, I think uh, our co-director, Martin, and our assistant director, Emily, did mm-hmm. such a great job of setting up the rehearsal mm-hmm. space. Yes. Um, with intimacy coaching and with um, how how we talk to one another, how we check in with each other as mm-hmm. actors, um, and just really created a uh, truly safe atmosphere right. where you feel that you can go to that deep, dark place and know that at the end of it, it's not real. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that is um, one thing I will say that has come post-COVID, uh, especially in the theater world. And I'm so glad it is here. It was something that was needed for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also really honored to be a part of this change in the theater world um, and with these young humans as they're starting to get out into the professional world that like they are forcing us as someone who's not much older than them frankly or I think I'm not um, <laughs> but that they are they are making us change and they are changing the pathway of theater and if they're doing that here I know they're going to go out and do that then once they get into the real world and that makes me like mm. very excited of what the future will hold um, if I can just get them to turn in their assignments on time that's a separate <laughs> thing but but I'm very I'm very honored that uh, we have had that rehearsal experience, despite the fact that it is really painful. It's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, so it's it's hard to sit in that, and that is also part of what makes Carrie so mm-hmm. wonderful. Is you have to sit in that discomfort, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, uh, mm-hmm. especially once we get towards the end of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. My biggest goal was I want everyone to sit in discomfort for as long as possible mm-hmm. um, because I want us to sit in what that feels like and what that looks like. Right. And it's, of course, also discomfort that uh, is not particularly resolved at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like we're left, we're not left in a happy <laughs> yeah. place either. And people have to be right. ready for that. I mean, Which, yeah. you know, like you talk about a musical and like, I mean, people go to the theater because they want to escape reality, right? It's the same way we go to the movies or we read books, right? We want to escape that reality. And so you sort of go, all right, well, we're going to see Carrie the Musical. We know how the book ends. We know how the movie ends. How are they going to make the musical end? Like, how do you tie this up? Mm. Um, And I do think it's a really fascinating uh, look at how you write musicals and what audience expect from musicals. You know, and I sort of wonder in iterations, like, if they just didn't end the show and everyone just sort of dies, uh, right? Yeah. Like, but they sort of added an epilogue to to the show, which yeah. makes sense in some way. Um, if you are a true Carrie diehard, like, movie buff, you're going to, um, you might call into question the ending of the musical. Um, but to me, I think it wraps it up in the best way possible, that you can I in, a, in yeah. a show where people are singing and dancing at the same time. Right. So. And right. You were <clears throat> mentioning that the, you know, about reality, escaping reality. And I think that's a big thing about Carrie is you almost don't do that with this show mm-hmm. because it is, like I said, a, a normal high school. It's a high school experience with all the different backgrounds. And um, 
you know, it's one of those musicals where it's not like, okay, let's break out and singing and dancing now, huge number. It's very much, they kind of roll into each other and mm-hmm. um, very much continue the story and each song is needed where they are. Um, so I think that's something interesting for the audience to see, for us to see how they respond to it with, you know, they're going to take some hit too. It's not just the actors on stage. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, this is not escapism. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very authentic. So let's talk about your character of, of Tommy Ross and what you are drawing upon. Tommy Ross is kind of the star athlete of the high school. So hopefully you were the quarterback of your football team. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I did not play football, but I was a baseball player. Ah. Um, and luckily for me, Tommy is very similar to how I was in high school. Um, I've also taken this look on Tommy that he does not partake in any of the bullying. He um, looks away when Billy is uh, physically harassing Carrie. He, you know, tries to stick up for her. Um, But then you still get to that point where Sue says, you know, bring Carrie to prom. And he's no way. Mm -hmm. You know, at first he's like, no way. There's no way that's happening, blah, blah. And, um, you know, it makes you think that, Everyone always says if you're a bystander, you're you're still a part of the bullying, but it really brings that up into in, into real you know real life because someone like Tommy will you know sit there and and not say anything, and he's just as bad as the people who are who are making fun of Carrie or bad in a different way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I got to say that's one of my favorite things about. I mean, I first encountered this with the film, and that was one thing that impressed me a lot, is I I expected it to be the characters to be more cartoonishly drawn, and some of them probably to some extent maybe are, but I was so impressed that the character of Tommy Ross is a real complicated mixed bag. Mm -hmm. In some ways, one of the really good people in this group of characters, but not entirely good. Mm -hmm. I mean, not not completely a hero, and, and... I mean, most of us walk around not being heroes all the time. I mean, they're not always acting mm-hmm. heroically or, or from the best part of our, ourselves. And I just love that complexity of this particular character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's also, you know, one thing that has helped me get into characters is, is a lot of things that I've learned the past couple of weeks at Carthage, actually, is, is things like um, making a character um, sheet for each character within the show and how Tommy knows them, when did they meet how they interact. Um, also, like, what happens off stage? What does the audience not see, and how does that push the next scene? Um, things like uh, when I talk to Sue before she says, um, uh, it, you know, take Carrie to the prom, what happened right before that? Are we in a good mood with her? And then she breaks this, you know, how is that going on? And um, another thing that is a big thing is, like, he is really in love with Sue. Like, he is he's going to go to his senior prom with a girl that everybody looks down upon, and really, in a way, is going to ruin what people think of him because just just for Sue, really. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's a big thing, just really taking taking that in and really uh, working with Vivian Alexander, who is my uh, opposite on stage, who is great. And, um, yeah, just really working together on how that connection uh, is shown on stage. I like it. We're talking about the musical Carrie. Carrie the Musical, which is about to open tomorrow night at Carthage College, running this coming weekend and the following weekend as well. In the studios with us today, uh, Matthew Hoagland, a faculty member at Carthage who uh, is co-director of this production, and two members of the cast, uh, Dominic Luswick and Ellie Nybert. 
Matthew Hoagland, we've not yet talked about the ferocious technical challenges that this <laughs> that this show uh, presents. Yeah. And of course, when you read about the history of of its difficult gestation and uh, a lot of the sort of catastrophic things that were occurring all along the way, trying to bring this to life, and especially back then when mm-hmm. there was not even quite the technology available now. But even in 2023 in a decent theater, uh, I'm sure this is not an easy story to to depict uh, in terms of a, a you know a, a young adolescent with magical powers and yeah. unleashing mayhem and so on. Just tell us about uh, that aspect of all of this and how you and Martin McClendon have been handling that. Um, well, lots of um, lots of conversations, lots of production meetings, um, and lots of outside help. Right? We uh, we don't know it all, and so we uh, enlisted fellow Carthage faculty. Uh, Anthony Barnhart to help us with the music or sorry with the magic portion of things uh, so you'll have to come and see how that works um, and then uh, along with our scenic technical and costume designers um, we have had to sort of figure out how how are we going to do the blood uh, if you don't know uh, in the show um, Carrie gets blood spilled on her in during the prom that then spirals into this whole situation at the end. And we should clarify that it's, it's not an accident. I mean, she's essentially attacked. I mean, yes. it's a horrible thing that is done to her on on purpose. Yep. And it and it unleashes then uh, the, the mayhem which ensues. Right. And so figuring out how are we going to do this? What's that going to look like? What's that also going to cost us? Um, and what do we have in place that we can use? And what are some just good old-fashioned theater tricks mm-hmm. that um, that are just going to work? Um, and I think we've – I think after last night's dress rehearsal, um, I think we've – We've got it. I think we've nailed it, and I think it's really great. And everyone's just gonna have to come see how we do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. and like like I said before, the the writers when they uh, in this libretto version, they literally have a whole paragraph about the blood, and they talk about how you know you can do it how you want to, but like you should. Like, essentially. Because, mm. uh, you know, there's productions who will do actual, like, liquid blood on stage. There are some that will do I, – I saw – Lasers. Lasers. <laughs> I saw mylar, like um, – like fabric. Fabric lighting. Fabric yeah. lighting, yeah. So there's many ways in which to do it. And I think, you know, you do it with whatever you've got on hand mm-hmm. and what knowledge you have. Um, right. So – I, I I like the way we do it. Yeah. I think it works. I, well. I buy it. Um, it's been my phrase this whole show mm. has been like yep. I buy that. So mm. so I I buy what we're selling. Yeah. No. That's well. And I can see how kind of like blanking on the name. What's the musical with the plant? Oh, Little, oh, Shop, oh, of Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. Uh, I always get that in Rocky Horror Picture Show mixed up. So I I, <laughs> I hesitated to say the title. Uh, I mean, like that. You, you rent a plant and you and and there's just like this all of this legacy out there mm-hmm. that that about how you bring off certain things in the show and and likewise with Carrie which is being done more and more and more yeah. there's all kinds of 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 uh, innovative uh, imaginations at work trying mm-hmm. to solve the problem of how to tell their stories. Yeah. So sounds like you've tried to draw upon a lot of what's already been done. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, you go to a theater and you're not expecting, I don't know, you go and you suspend disbelief for mm-hmm. uh, part of it, right? We, it doesn't have to all be practical. So I like, I like the mix of what we have of real and imaginary and all the things, so. Right. So you 
rehearse tonight, a final dress rehearsal? We do. Uh, we have our final invited dress rehearsal along with a photo call. Um, so uh, our archive photos that then I will publish for the next three years. Um, <laughs> so that all happens tonight. Uh, and just so, sort of the final chance to like put a stamp on it and really for Martin and myself and Emily, our assistant director, to really step away, and it is truly their show. Hmm. Um, there's always that part in the process where you uh, feel like a parent always in this moment, where you have to step away and just let them take over, because it's their show. Like, it's no longer mine, and so, uh, which I, it is the part of the process I love the most. As someone who likes to be in control of many things, I don't like giving away control, but I love watching them grow. That is also why I do education and why I'm a teacher. I love being able to teach them things and then let them go and see what they do with that information and to see the progress that the whole cast has made as a whole uh, from uh, from backstage to front of stage to front of house to like all of the things to see that growth is truly to me why I am in education and why I like continue to wake up and choose this every day. So it's the shoving the baby birds out of the nest that you like the fully, most. Fully. Okay. All right. Maybe drop kicking. Us, that <laughs> tells us a lot about you. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Hoagland, the co-director of this production of Carrie the Musical. Uh, and so it opens tomorrow night, runs this weekend and the following weekend. And uh, Yeah, you can go to www.carthage.edu slash tickets to grab your tickets anytime you'd like. Very you can also come to the box office. And, and we hope plenty of people will be brave uh, to uh, seek this out. I mean, yeah. it's it's and I look forward to seeing it, although not this weekend, but the following weekend. I am excited to see Carrie the musical in our closing minutes. Uh, let's find out a little bit about what got each of you hooked on musical theater. So, Ellie, we already know you've loved Carrie the musical for a long, long time. But yeah. I suspect your love of musicals didn't start with Carrie the musical. It did not. Um I don't remember when I started liking musical theater because um, I think it's always just been a thing that I enjoy. Um, my grandma really loved musical theater and would sing it all the time. So I'm used to that. Um, I grew up more in like a dance world. Oh. Um, and then I just decided I saw someone else do theater and I was like, oh, I could do that. And then I did it. <laughs> and then I kept doing it. And then I was like... I should go to school for biochemical engineering, which is what I was going to do, which wow. is crazy. Because um, if you know me, I have so much common sense all the time. <laughs> um, and then I was like, wait, you can do music theater in college. And my parents are so supportive, and I'm so grateful that they um, have helped me and supported me to let me do this, which is crazy in itself. But, um yeah. I don't know when it started, but it's still there. I guess. It's here to stay. Yeah. We should mention that you are a, a junior music theater major, and also you have a self-designed choreography major. Yes. So it sounds like that is also an, a, a, a burning in interest of yours. Yes, it is. Very good. So Dominic Ludwig, uh so how did musical theater start crowding its way into your baseball career? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually my family uh, back in Schaumburg, Illinois, owns a theater company called Hot Productions, H-O-T-T. Um, so I was, I seriously was born onto the stage. You know, there's a story that uh, my family was doing Fiddler on the Roof and I was 
two years old and I ran on stage in the middle of the wedding scene, you know, in a big T-shirt and whatever. And um, really, my mom was a, <clears throat> excuse me, my mom was a professional dancer before she decided to start a family. And my dad uh, was a singer and a piano player. So, um, yeah, I really, really was born onto it and uh, grew up with a lot of older musicals um, like Fiddler on the Roof, Oklahoma, Music Man, stuff like that. Um, and then continued through high school uh, got to perform in uh, our magical troupe in my high school and um, all the choirs and everything. Um, musical all four years. Got to student direct some plays. And now I'm here. And I am so glad I'm here. I actually, uh, there's always, whenever I'm doing a show, there's always one show where, out of the run, where I, my love for the stage is reignited. And I have to say, it was actually the other night. I would say uh, Tuesday night. It was actually a dress rehearsal, and I was just on stage, and I'm like, "Yep, this is what I'm supposed to be doing." So <laughs> I, that's why I love it, really. So, what what uh, led you to choose Carthage? Yeah, so um, I am a cheerleader also at the, at Carthage, um, but I was a cheerleader in my high school for all four years, and I came to Carthage for a cheerleading clinic last summer. And so we got to stay overnight, um, and uh, I saw the campus, and it was beautiful, and uh, it's close enough from home where I'm still close if I need to be home, but, you know, I'm far enough from my family. Um, (laughs) And so I applied to the college and got in in the fall, and then um, I continued to look through colleges, looked uh, at AMDA in New York and some other schools, and then um, really Carthage just came back on my radar, and... uh, I got to audition just for Matthew and um, Herschel Kruger, who's the head of the theater department, and um, they made me feel so welcome. I mean, really, um, at some other colleges, you know, they don't even know your name when you come mm. to audition. And I, that's one of the biggest things I would say about Carthage. You feel welcome. You feel the community that you that has grown at Carthage. So. Well, and it sounds like the cast of Carrie the musical is its own community, as yes, you were saying definitely. earlier, right? Yeah, definitely. for sure. Yeah, we got really – I mean, with 14 of us, we definitely got very close. Um, of course, big cast get close too, but, um, you know, it, it even goes to after rehearsal every night running to the uh, student center to get, you know, some quick bite to eat after a, you know, four or five-hour yeah. rehearsal. Um, yeah, it's really – we really spend a lot of time together, and we even spend time together out of rehearsal, so you know that we yeah, you know we that we really it. love each other. Yes, yes we choose it. We also brought them back early, so they were here mm-hmm. uh, essentially a week before classes yes. even started wow. on campus. So they, they got real tight real fast, mm-hmm. um, and you can see that on stage. I'm sure, and that's uh, one more ingredient in a successful – production of something as complex as Carrie the Musical. So we want to remind everyone again, it opens tomorrow night, runs this weekend and the following weekend in Warburg Auditorium, and uh, you can go to carthage.edu slash tickets to to get more information on purchasing a ticket to see Carrie the Musical. My thanks to Matthew Hoagland and to Ellie Nybert and Dominic Ludwig. Uh, for being here on the morning show today. Thank you for getting up bright and early to uh, tell the story of this production. And best wishes to you and uh, the whole cast and crew. Thanks, Thank Brad. you so much.